We want to welcome you all into the 20th episode of Trojan Talk. I'm Zach Tarenko here with Jeff Christianberry and Cole Purvis. How are you guys doing this morning? Great. Great. Yeah, definitely a, a nice day outside. It's a half day here at Thorn Academy, so i go through the day quickly here. But we're going to start off by talking about the boys and girls lacrosse teams who had two early scrimmage preseason games uh, this uh, a couple days ago, I believe. The girls are at home. They beat Wyndham 8-6. to And the boys went to New Hampshire to play St. Thomas Aquinas, and they beat them 9-4. to Good start for both teams. I know both of them have some really good players this year, especially the boys with a lot of seniors. Uh, so, guys, just talk about quickly, you know, what are you guys excited for for this season for lacrosse? I mean, lacrosse definitely has a lot of hype coming in. As you said, they have a lot of players who have been successful in other sports and certainly football and uh, the hockey team, boys hockey team as well, you know, state champions and state runner-up. Um, some new players coming, you know, uh, you know, Caden True is not playing lacrosse this spring, but then you bring in Cody Ruff um, yeah. to play to play some defense, I assume defense. Um, so, you know, it's it's a, it's it's a coming in as one of the top two or three teams in Class A, there's no question about it. And Coach Ryan Hurst, I'm sure, has – they've been out there doing captain's practices for weeks mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Um, which is kind of nice about the – uh, you know, the spring season, you get a basically a month off between the seasons, and if the weather's nice, which it has been fairly nice, you can get out there with some unofficial practices uh, on there. So, um, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas is a, a kind of a, for those who don't know, it's a pretty big private school, or it's much it's kind of like Chevrolet in terms of um, their stature, and they're a pretty big school in Dover, New Hampshire, and so to get a, a win over them, even in the preseason, is a good sign, and um you know, it's going to come down to goalie play, and it's going to come down to some consistency. You know, as we saw last year with this team in the last couple of years, you know, always going to be right at the top. But it, much like the boys' hockey team, it's like if you get some penalties in the wrong spots, mm-hmm. um, it can kind of derail your momentum. So definitely a lot of hype coming in. They should be one of the top teams and a good way to start the preseason. Cool. Yeah, it's good to have spring sports back and sports at TA back, first of all, after a long break after the winter season. But um, the boys' lacrosse team is going to be very good this year, uh, I know. Cape was very good last year as well as, uh, I forget, Falmouth, Falmouth right? Yeah. So yeah. The, it's going to be tough for them to win a state championship, but we'll see how far they can go, and it should be fun to watch them along the way. Yeah, definitely. We're going to have a lot of those games on uh, TATV in these next couple of weeks. Next, we'll just quickly talk about baseball and softball, same kind of thing, both coming out to some some preseason stuff. But one of the things that I saw is that they were having outdoor practices in the first few weeks in some very cold weather. And I want to get you guys' thoughts about that. Do you think that they should be allowed to practice indoors at some facility rather than having to be outside in this cold weather? Uh, well, I Mr. Th- tennis over here. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I think that you're going to have to play in cold conditions sometimes, especially at the beginning of the spring. The spring season starts ridiculously cold, and then at the end of it, it's ridiculously hot. Mm-hmm. It's the other way around. Um, it it is tough, you know, hitting in the cold weather definitely hurts your hands. Uh, but you're gonna have to probably play in some cold conditions early on. Um, yesterday wasn't too too bad for uh, it was pretty good weather out for their scrimmage. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean it's got to be tough for them. But you might have to play in it sometime. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, I think it gets you acclimated to what's gonna be reality. I mean, look, if it's thirty degrees outside, then maybe not. But um, you know, they're the, the itching to get outside. And thankfully, there didn't seem to be too many field problems this year. Where sometimes, some years, they have to practice in the gym for a couple of weeks, yeah. and nobody likes that. It's one thing if you go to like a, an official place where you can do some batting practice in a hitting cage, but again, that's not really real world application to what you're gonna be doing on the field anyway. So I'd say I'd say get them out there as much as you can. I mean, if it's so cold or, or rainy, if it's raining and like they're 33, then maybe that's not a good idea. Get some kids sick. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as it, baseball and softball, even more so than the other sports, because you know if it rains, they still play lacrosse no matter what. Uh, in, in you know in the games, whereas baseball, softball, if it, they, they're very sensitive to the weather. Mm-hmm. You know, not exactly as uh, as tough when it comes to that. But 
um, still good to see them out there. And, and again, baseball team looks loaded this year as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, right now, not uh, no regular season games yet. We'll keep you updated on those. As usually, I think, starting around the, the few days before April break here at Thorn Academy. So uh, still some time, but it's getting closer and closer. And so now we're going to move over to the professional side, and we'll start with March Madness. The national championship game was on Monday. I'm not sure if you guys watched that game, but Kansas did uh, outlast UNC. UNC had a 15-point lead going into halftime, and they couldn't hold on to it. Want to ask you guys about your thoughts on the national championship game and then your thoughts on the end of Coach K's run to UNC, which was, I think, just a few days before that. Super sad. I'm a, <laughs> I was, I've been a Duke fan since I was a kid, um, and... Look, I would have rather had them lose in the Elite Eight than lose in the Final Four to UNC. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Or even earlier than that. I mean, look, when it comes down to it, UNC was way, way, way better than their seed, and they're a better team than Duke. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't follow college basketball as closely as I used to, Mm -hmm. and Duke this year, like, again, as I said before, I couldn't even name any Duke players, you know, a couple weeks ago. So, for me, this is more of a a macro look at, you know, Coach K's career ending this way kind of sucks. Um, but pretty good run for a team who's very young and, and didn't really have any superstars. I don't know. I don't think any of their guys are going to go top five in the NBA draft or anything like that. Um, I'm glad. So I'm really, really glad that Kansas uh, came back and won that game against UNC because I just hate UNC for obvious reasons. Um, in general, I thought the tournament was pretty good. I mean, it, it's kind of interesting. I don't know if we'll talk about it, but you know, the the amount of uh, guys that are transferring now. You know, like all the three top St. Yeah. Peter's players are transferring. LSU currently has zero ba- uh, scholarship players on their roster because ten people have. Trans- into the transfer portal, so that's a whole other side issue. Um, but no, the national, I thought the Final Four, two of the three games were really great, which is kind of all you can ask for, even as a neutral. And um, you know, just it's just the way that UNC was able to take down Duke at home uh, and Cameron to end Coach K's career. And then a lot of people are saying that Coach K may come back next year, like pull a, pull a uh, um, pull a Brady. I just don't see it happening. You just could tell this year when you watched him because I've watched him very closely for 25 years, and mm. he did look he looked old this year. He yeah. looked yeah. a little bit out of it, like he was kind of enjoying his last ride. And I, I don't I've I've honestly never understood the hate for him. Like I understand like you hate teams that are good, you hate the Yankees, you hate the Lakers. I get that, but people like have vitriol for him, and I don't understand that because. Yeah. The program's been pretty clean over the years. Yeah, he works the refs, but every super, every great coach does. I mean, so I don't know. It's just like you watch college basketball fans, and they're so they're so excited for him to be gone. And it's like, you know, there's some great coaches out there that I certainly don't like, but I don't want to see them out of the game because it's better for the game when the better coaches are there. And the the, the college game will be worse with him gone, and that's all that people should be focused on. But they're taking their victory laps. But whatever, good good for Kansas. They're the best team. Yeah. all year and Bill Self's a good coach so cool. yeah I was cheering for Duke so it's unfortunate that UNC won but it was cool to see their run all these individuals like Baycott and Caleb Love mm-hmm. uh, really just blossoming and coming together at the end of the season this is the most obvious uh, example of peaking at the right time that's mm-hmm. what they did UNC and um this team is going to go down in history with all the best North Carolina teams because you know Baycott playing through injury like that's going to be remembered forever and um I just loved Baycott and his uh, his effort that he gave this Final Four and this whole tournament long. Uh, he was clearly hobbled in the national championship. I'm very surprised, talking about that game, that Kansas didn't blow them out because North Carolina went through a gauntlet to get there. They had to play mm-hmm. Duke, UCLA, Baylor, a bunch of good teams, and uh, I thought they were just going to run out of gas, run out of energy. That's what they did in the final minute, but really the whole game, uh, they didn't. They hung around. They went out to that 15-point lead. Uh, so I'm surprised that Kansas didn't win by more. But, yeah, Kansas cruised. They look really impressive. 
uh, Abaji, Christian Brown. They had a lot of great role players that really stepped up. Uh, their big man was really good as well. So credit to them and a great run by North Carolina. And UNC only played basically five players. That's a crazy yeah. thing about it. I, I mean, tr- they, they, they played basically yeah. – Six players, but the guy only came in. The Puff Johnson, where everyone came in for like you know six, seven minutes yeah. a game. I mean, yeah. that's insane for them to be able to do that gauntlet. And one thing that about that game too, imagine you know the Kansas guy just stepping out of bounds with three seconds left. The UNC mm-hmm. would have tied the game and come back and won that. That would have been like a Chris Weber type all time mm-hmm. blunder to step out of bounds when you just need to stay in to win the game. Yeah, I, I think I think I'm with Cole. I think Kansas was the better team in that game. I don't think UNC should have you know. I don't think I think Kansas started off slow and that's why UNC got that lead. I don't know if you guys seen the video where uh, Baycott stepped on the and, it, and, it, and the the floor went up yeah. and down and that's kind of with an injury. I don't know. Well, but, Zion's video. Remember Zion's video from a few weeks ago when he was doing that. They were showing he was doing like an under the legs dunk to prove that he's not fat anymore. Yeah. And the same thing if you look at the if you look at the floor, it has a huge cushion as well. It's like the opposite of what we have here at yeah. Linnell Gymnasium, which <laughs> is basically concrete. Yeah, but I mean, even with that, like the the Kansas big man on the next play where he scored that basket, to, which would end up being the the game sealer, he, he had to he still was going up. There wasn't like there was nobody there. Right. Yeah. I mean, they they still had defensive players there, but yeah. you know, it, it was a good game, and I think it was a good uh, a good. Um, uh, March Madness. I don't you know. Brackets got busted pretty quickly because of St. Peter's, but it was still it was still pretty good. So now we'll move on to the NFL offseason, which has been very active. I have a list of six different moves here, and I don't know if you guys can see them. I'll list them quickly. Okay. And I want you to rank them best to worst. So we got Russell Wilson to Denver, Tyree Kill to Miami, Khalil Mack to the Chargers, Bobby Wagner to the Rams, Juju Smith-Schuster to Kansas City, and Deshaun Watson to the Browns. Even if you don't rank them, just give me your best and give me your worst. Okay, so it's tough because you got to look at the – how do you look? Do you look at who – like, Well, I would say more so did it help both teams? Did it help just one team? I, so, I would say look at like the team that got the, this star player. All right, Are so if, be- if I'm doing that, I think the biggest impact player as I look to it will be – I think the again the the worst I'll, I'll rank him worst of best. Okay. The worst is Juju Smith Schuster. I think he's washed up. I think yep. he's I think he's pretty much worthless. I think uh, Bobby Wagner to the Rams is not going to make much much of a big difference either. Um, I, I say Deshaun Watson to the Browns because I still think he's going to get suspended for at least six or eight games by mm-hmm. the NFL. Um, and then going up from there, I would say Khalil Mack to the Chargers because I still I'm still not a believer in them overall. Yeah. Um, and then Russell Wilson to Denver. Um, as the second most, because again, everybody thinks that Denver's like this team on the up. I'm not sure that's 100% true. I think the best move of the offseason is Tyree Kill to Miami. I don't understand it at all from the Chiefs' perspective, um, because I think that's going to give them a hit. Um, but my, it gives them such a such a huge weapon. And really, what it does is it really puts Miami all in in terms of if Tua can't get it done with Tyree Kill, then you know Tua's yeah, not yeah. just not a good quarterback. They'll have they'll have Waddle and Hill, and then they just signed they signed Cedric Rick, Wilson as well. Yep, and they have Murray Mozart, a new running back right. who's and really fast. Teron so. Armstead. Yeah, I just yeah. think Tyree Kill has such a unique skill set in the NFL, and you can't cover him. Sometimes he's just so much faster yeah. than anybody. <laughs> so I'd say that's the best. That's the best move, the potentially best move. Well, it means they're going to win the Super Bowl. Probably not, but it it vaults them above the Patriots in my mind for yeah. sure. Well, I well, want to talk about the Patriots. The Patriots, it never looks good on paper, and a lot of people are doubting them. But I just want to let everybody know that I trust Bill and Mac, and it, oh, it hasn't God. been. It hasn't been ideal, but it could have been worse. <laughs> no, it couldn't have. Been. I don't know much. It it. it, it it could have been worse because Trent Brown, they re-signed him. They re-signed Jawan Bentley, and they can get a speedy receiver in the draft. If they get Jamison Williams, I'll be fine with this offseason. It doesn't look good on paper, but I think it'll it'll work in the season. The Dolphins, they're gonna be like they're gonna be a team that's fun to watch. 
and everybody's going to be entertained by Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. But I don't think it's going to amount to more wins than the Patriots. When you have Tua, who's had two years to prove himself, and he hasn't really done, he hasn't really shown flashes. Mac did more with less than Tua last season. Mac didn't have a great receiving core, and Tua had Waddle, who balled out last season, and Mike Gesicki, uh, which isn't spectacular, but it's better than what the Patriots have. And again, Mac was just a rookie. And the first-year head coach paired with Tua. I don't think they're going to win more games than the Patriots. I, I disagree. And, I, and the one thing that's been getting under my skin is this whole Devontae Parker thing. It's like everyone is so mad. And they're like, oh, you know, like, oh, what are they doing? What are they doing? And they get Devontae Parker. And it's like, oh, my God, he's the best receiver. Oh, my God, he's so underrated. Like, no, no, no. He's, Devontae Parker is Devontae Parker. No, I agree with that. He, he, used, to, player, he but... used to be okay. But, like, it's the same thing. With, I think it's going to be the same thing as Nelson Aguilar. Like, oh, he's going to be good for us. He's going to help us out. And then it's just going to be like, eh, you know, he's just like the third string, the fourth string. If the Patriots can nail the draft, I won't be too, too mad about this offseason. But if they do something dumb, I will. Uh, at this point, I would give their great their offseason grade a D minus. Yeah. If they get Jamison Williams, and maybe we'll put up to a D plus or C minus, because Williams is not going to help you this year. He's going to be out most of the year anyway. I just don't understand the, the I don't understand Bill's philosophy as a GM looking big picture and, and maybe putting craft in there too. If they're if they're too chicken to spend some money like these other teams, and look, I don't think that even if they made one or two more moves that they can compete for a Super Bowl this year. I'm not saying that, but like getting someone like Devontae Parker, he's 29 years old. He's, you know, this team is not winning a Super Bowl in the next two to three years anyway. Mm-hmm. Even if they nail the draft, it's going to be four or five years before they're really contenders. So you get, you spend all this on a 29 year old. Look, does it make him better? Yeah. But it, it, what I'm worried about is that Bill gets Devontae Parker. He's like, well, we don't need a wide receiver now in the draft. We, we, we address that position. Like his arrogance will come through. Yeah. Um, but uh, Cole's right. They need to nail the draft. They need three or four impact players like year one. They need Barmore to take a step forward this year. They need some of these other guys. The problem, too, that Bill on the coaching side is some of these younger guys is not playing, especially linebackers. You know, what happened to Josh Uche? He's supposed to be this great player. He shows flashes, and then he benches him for guys like Kyle Van Noy who can't play anymore. Yeah. So, and Jamie Collins, who had a pretty average year last year. So, def- really offensively, look, I'm not hor- horrified by their offensive weapons right now. Defensively, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, I really don't understand the linebacking core because Hightower's still not back yet. They're secondary, losing J.C. Jackson and really yeah. not replacing him because I don't count, you know um, – What's his face? Who they who they respond? Malcolm, uh, Malcolm Butler. Butler. I'm sorry, guy yep. who didn't play football last year, yeah. so I'm not going to come back and say he's going to be number one. So I think they're going to score more points than last year. Mac will look better, but they're going to give up a crap ton of points. And I just I see them going eight and nine, regressing yeah. this year, uh, especially I mean, with their, their they, schedule. They didn't re-sign Kyle Van Noy, which makes me think they're going to put Uche in a spot to play a lot more. Let's hope. But I mean, it's the same thing, and I, like the Jabril Preppers, like. He was like that nice he, name because he was what he was the the guy who could play safety and linebacker at the same time oh, yeah. and then and he was like my favorite player for, yeah for like Michigan five years he was ago. like he's like this crazy guy and then yep. goes to the Giants and just doesn't do anything and so the I don't question know. is what happens let's say the Patriots go seven and ten or eight nine is Bill what was she, I don't think Bill's Bill shouldn't be fired as a coach I think he should be basically fired as a GM if they if they go down this path is a coach and a GM. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, he, really? oh, he controls everything. That's oh. that's part of the problem. I thought, thought there was just a rumor. Like no, 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 no. He controls everything, which is the problem. Because the, the big question marks on this team this year are the coaching staff. Like, what is he doing, taking Mac Jones in his second year and giving him to Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, yeah. who hasn't coached offense ever, based or not ever, but since like 2005, 
and and Joe Judge, who's a special teams glorified rah rah guy. I'm not the the coaching staff baffles me because um, they're not really good on either side of the ball now, and they're just setting themselves up. It's like they're setting themselves up for excuses at the end of the year. Well, you know, we addressed the wide receiver position, we addressed you know this, and it still didn't yeah. work out. So I fear for Mac. Uh, you know, I saw them. I saw on Instagram. I think Kendrick Bourne posted that all those guys are down in Tampa working out together. And if Aguilar and John Smith take a big step, then the team could be respectable mm-hmm. on offense. Defensively, I just don't see them stopping anybody. Yeah. They, they're worse from a team who couldn't stop the Bills in two straight games from yeah. punting once. It was the opposite. Last year, everyone was like, yeah, the offense will just pick it up. The defense is where yeah. it's at. And now like, it's like, oh, we'll just push yeah. it around and go off. Frustrating. Offense. But the draft's coming up in a few weeks, so we'll see. Yeah. If they help get Williams... You know what you know what do? Or the linebacker from Alabama too. I forget his name. We need to, you guys need to get Sauce Gardner. He's the best receiver. He won't he won't last till twenty. Sauce Gardner. He's sauce. Just, he, is yeah. Sauce. Yeah. Yeah. He's just this crazy receiver who's super fast. He's from. He's S- a cornerback. He's a cornerback from Cincinnati. I yeah, but he's he's definitely going top ten. No chance he falls yeah. to twenty. Trade up. Come on, Bill. All right. I trust Bill no matter what, though. Just oh, God. You're so nice. I just, just, you, I'm your a entire, fan your entire life has been winning. I mean, yes. <laughs> I can imagine yeah. why you're, you know. And Bill, you tr- and Bill, we trust him. I, mean, I will do that when, he, when it's game day. But in GM spots, he's made way too many poor decisions over the past five or six years. Yep. All right. We'll quickly talk about some NHL stuff. Uh, this year has been a lot of roughing penalties, a lot of trying to – they've been trying to cut it down, not really. But I, I put a picture here in our, on our little agenda. Uh, that is Troy Terry. I don't know if you could see his eye. Ugh. He got in a fight with Jay Beagle. Not really. It was kind of a pushing around. After the whistle was blown, Beagle took his gloves off and just absolutely went after this guy. The refs let it go. And from what I've heard, Troy Terry, because of his eye, is not going to be able to play for the next few games. Just kind of – it. it it really shouldn't have happened. They, they should have stopped it. So I want to ask you guys, do you guys think there should be a cut down of fighting and roughing in the NHL? Do you think it's, it's a part of the game? no. It's part of the game. Now, look, when stuff here's what here's the the, the problem. And I'm you know I'm not close to the NHL, but the problem is when the, when these kind of incidents happen, you got to throw the book at these guys, suspend them for half a season or something like that. Yeah. The problem is you know you look at uh, these guys and they get really light penalties, usually less than five games because the CBA is written that way. Fighting and roughing is a part of the game. It's part of the reason that some people, like nor, like uh, non-huge fans, tune in to see some of the fights and some of the overtime goals, basically. Look, do you want people assaulting other people? No, but then they'll stop doing it if you punish them. So I'm not saying if someone gets in a regular fight that you suspend them, but like... You know, you, 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 they're too soft on it, and so that's what do you think is going to happen when you're when you're only going to miss three or four games for something like this in an yeah. eighty game season? I mean, it's pretty messed up. I I know it, it was like it was it was weird to watch because everyone's just pushing each other around. He just throws him down and just starts going after. Him. I'm like, where's where are the refs at this? And you know, I, I'm I, I'm a little biased because the Bruins have against some pretty crappy calls the last few games, so I'm kind of mad at that the overall refereeing because. Um, they they're changed. It's not just like one referee that everyone's got a problem with. It's like a lot of them are just kind of letting these things go, and so you know it is what it is. But uh, I I think they should cut down on it, and because I feel like these young players are going to start getting a lot more in, uh, get injuries, and it's just not going to be it's not going there's not going to be any future for the NHL because these right. guys are getting injured. Well, then we're going to talk about the Celtics really quickly. Playoffs are coming in. They have. Put uh, push their ticket to the playoffs. They are guaranteed. I'm not sure where, what spot they're guaranteed they can get to, even if they lose one the rest to three. Of the I think. Yeah, but uh, I just want to ask you guys where you think the Celtics are now with no Robert Williams. I I still think they can go to the finals. They haven't been just winning. They've been blowing teams out, and I think every team in the East is flawed. So they definitely have a chance. I would put their chances at maybe, you know, 25 percent to make the finals. That's what I would say. I still. It's tough. I I wouldn't go with the Bucks. 
this sounds crazy, but I could see the Nets making a crazy run. I could see Kevin Durant just taking over. But every team in the East is flawed, and that's where I think the Celtics have a really good opportunity, as much as I hate to say it. I would say, um, do they have a chance to go to the finals? I don't think without Robert Williams. I think the Nets are probably the favorites, actually, right now. So you look right now, they're second in the East. Unlikely, it's almost impossible for them to get the number one seed as I'm looking at it. So there's three teams tied with the same exact record, 49 and 30. With uh, So what's that, three games to go. Uh, so they're going to end up anywhere from second to fourth uh, as we look at it. I actually just bought tickets to game one of the first round Really? So for the Celtics. So yeah. they're going to be at home. I don't know who they're going to play at. I'm, ho- I'm hoping it's the Nets just because I think that would be a crazy, awesome atmosphere uh, with that. So you get basically have the Heat, the uh, Celtics, the Bucks, and the Sixers. Um, I think one of those four teams um, – uh, I don't. Th- I, I'm gonna go with the Nets go to the finals. I know it's kind of mm-hmm. crazy, but like I, I think those top four teams are better than the the Raptors and the Bulls, the the Cavs, the Hawks, and the Hornets are all the other teams in the playoff mixer. Don't see them going anywhere, but I could see the Nets. I think a, a first round series against the Celtics would be trouble. Uh, or, or for, against the Nets would be trouble for the Celtics without yeah. Robert Williams. Because again, yes, they are killing teams, but in these one off games, if you get them in a seven game series. Our best of seven series, I think that's really going to shine through when you have to put Daniel Tice out there for 35, 40 minutes a game maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been a great run. Uh, I think they can win a few series if they get against the Cavs, the Hawks, or the Hornets. I expect them to win that game, that, that series. Um, but when they get in that second round, maybe against the Sixers or Bucks, it's going to be trouble. Uh, you guys aren't believers. You gotta believe. You gotta. You gotta have that energy. You gotta be a green teamer. Just don't even look at the facts. Just, so you know. I, I, I don't get on this Nets train because no Ben Simmons for the rest of the year and the playoffs. He's not. He's not gonna play. I think it's. I don't think they're good. I just don't think they're good. That that's why they're. Oh, they have Kevin, Kevin Durant. And, but but they're in the seventh yeah. spot. That's what I mean. Like I, I just, I just don't think that they're gonna be able to do it. I think it's gonna be Milwaukee again, just because I don't want them to win. They're just gonna win again. But it, it'll be fun to watch. And uh, I actually thought the season was longer than it. It is right now. I thought that the regular season went longer than usual, so the playoffs are getting uh, kind of close. And who's not in the playoffs is the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'm so happy about that. The NBA implements the soft play-in tournament just to get stars like LeBron in there, and they can't even make the play-in <laughs> tournament. It's awesome. Barstow Sports had a great tweet thread last night about all the stuff that Lakers have been saying for months about like the big three and will they win 70 oh, games. Yeah. It's and, a failed yeah. super team. LeBron, LeBron put that April Fool's tweet saying he was out for the year. Basically, it was true the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Was... All you all you have to do is not be a bottom third team in the NBA to make the playoffs, which first of all is ridiculous. But the Lakers, who tried to assemble a super team, can't even do that. And if you look at LeBron's tenure in LA, it's not good. So he missed yeah. the playoffs twice and had a first round exit, and then they won the championship with a the huge bubble. asterisk in the bubble. Oh yeah, huge asterisk there. So yeah, it's 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 great. It is no there's no negatives to me for the Lakers <laughs> not being awesome. in the playoffs in the yeah. West. And they, they don't cry about injuries because they had their big three together for 22, 21 games, and they went eleven and ten in those games. So they weren't even playing well when they were all together. Do you guys think they blow it up and retry? No, no, you think they no they're going to they're going to run it back one more time. I think they'll have a new coach, whoever LeBron wants. Yeah, yeah. let's just make LeBron the coach. You know what I mean? Just like <laughs> just like Tom Brady, put put Tom in his coach of the yeah. Bucks. Let's not pretend that anybody else is the coach or the GM besides him. And that. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to finish today's episode with our segment of pick the winners. Last week. Was, oh, how do we do? So here it is. So me and you, Jeff, are tied. We both have are three and one. Cole was one and three. We'll just, oh, we'll just boy. go. We'll go over it again. I tried to be different. I know. Yeah, picking, right. So, I picked the we'll Celtics. Let you, we'll let you yeah. pick first this time. Then we'll yeah. see what happens. So, so the first game was the you know we got the Heat right. He picked the Celtics. Second <laughs> game, I got the Kings wrong. You guys got the Oilers right. The Bucks, we both got right. You picked the Nets, and then I won with the Grizzlies, which uh, is actually pretty crazy because the Grizzlies did not play. John ja 
Durant, Steven Adams. That's right. Desmond Bain or Xavier Tillman, and they still beat, the, still beat the Suns. All right, so we're going to start this one with an NHL game. So I'll give you— Here we go. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Cole and I put on our so expert hats for this one. Yeah. <laughs> the, Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Rangers, again, both these teams are pretty good. I, I, don't, I can't say that one of them is better than the other, and they are fighting for that second spot in the Metropolitan Division. According to my expert analysis, okay. the, the Penguins will win. Okay, we'll put down you for the Penguins. I'm putting the Penguins as well because they have Yevgeny Munkin. Oh my God! And, and Sidney Crosby. See, I'm going Rangers just to be different from you guys because I got. And your dad's a Rangers fan, so yeah, you got to you yeah. got to support the team. Second one, which is on Thursday night, uh, we have the Celtics at the Milwaukee Bucks. It is a prime time game. Ooh, I'm gonna go Bucks. No, really? Even yeah. you, I think they're gonna sit Brown and Tatum. They could, yeah. That's why I think I think the Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks. Well, it depends. You know, so is that they must have? Oh, that's tomorrow night. So that's that probably their fir- their next game. There's only a few more games, right? There's only three more games. The last game is on the 9th, I think, or 10th. So they have three games in the next six days. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bucks. I think the Bucks, because they're again, they're all, they're both tied in the they're both tied in the standings right now. And, and the, I'll give the the the, the edge to the Bucks at home. Yep, I'll go with the Celtics. <laughs> okay, I'm going Bucks as well. I just feel like it's they're going to sit them. It's like the same thing's happened with the Bruins right now. They just lost three of their best players because of injuries. Like it just, it, they're just not going to do it. All right, then we got another NHL game, the only one for this week. You guys can relax. We yes. got the Bruins at the Tampa Bay Lightning on Friday. Ooh. These the players that I'm talking about, Pasternak and Hampus Lindholm, could come back. Just kind of like you know, we're not gonna we're gonna sit them for the rest of the game, kind of things. But this is a big game for give me the Lightning all day and all night. All right, me too. Um, I gotta go Bruins, even if they lose. I just have to stick with my team. So. And then we got two more games. These are both on Saturday. We got the Hornets at the Bulls. I'll let you go first on this one. Um, give me the, give me the Bulls. All right, Jeff. I will go with the. I'll go with the Hornets. Okay, I am going to stick with the Bulls just because I feel like Demar Derozan's on it right now. Mm-hmm. And the last one is a primetime game on Saturday. We have the Phoenix Suns at the Utah Jazz. Jazz, hundred percent. I think the Sun, the Suns have locked up the number one seed. Yep. They should be resting everybody. So, yep, I'm gonna go Jazz as well. Me too. So, looks like mo- we're, we're keeping mostly the same this week, but we'll see where the standings are next. I'm gonna week. I'm gonna throw another one in there if you don't mind. Okay, okay, okay. Because I'm a soccer guy, and coming up this Sunday is the biggest soccer match uh, in England this year. Liverpool and Manchester City, the winners of the last three prim- English Premier Leagues. Manchester City is one point ahead of Liverpool. They're by far the two best teams in England. The game is at Manchester City. Uh, basically, it's a title decider. I think there's seven or eight games left. Both these teams could definitely win out from here. Um, Liverpool has won like nine straight, and Manchester City is just the best team, uh, the richest team in the world. I'm going to go with Liverpool because I'm a huge Liverpool yeah, fan. Obviously. Now, you can say draw if you want because it could be a draw. It doesn't have to be a winner, so I'm That's going Liverpool. Who's uh, favored? I would say City is favored by, uh, by a little bit because they're at home and they're, okay. they're, they're one point ahead right now. I'll go with them. <laughs> going to go with Manchester City? You could go draw just to be I different. Know. Yeah, but I, I don't know. They, they're not going to draw because these guys are going to play their hearts out. Cause yeah. it's, it's the, it's, the winner of this match probably wins the Premier League. I'm going to do what I usually wouldn't do and go against Jeff, and I'm going to go Manchester City. All right. I'll we'll remember right. that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the 20th episode of Trojan Talk. We'll be back next week for our next episode and, and be uh, looking out for some stuff about the TATV games we'll have in the next few weeks. All right. See you all later.